know, don't just ask to ask, have a reason of why you're asking and make that clear and simple and also make it, make it enjoyable, make it something that they enjoy doing, getting to know your product or, or having a line of sight into, into your programs and your community and, and be engaged because it's, it's going to help everybody in the long run. Alrighty, folks, welcome to another episode of the State of Customer Storytelling podcast, the show that is all about helping you as a B2B marketing leader get the download on the most current practices and strategies related to all things customer marketing and customer advocacy. The State of Customer Storytelling is brought to you by Testimonial Hero. Testimonial Hero helps over 300 B2B software companies easily create stunning video testimonials that close deals faster. Today on the show, we have Andrew Creighton, head of sales at Orca and Scott Grimes, founder and CTO of Orca. Andrew and Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Hey, Sam. Thanks for having us. Looking forward to chatting. Absolutely. And to kick us off, you know, let's just dive in with like, what's the big deal with, with customer stories anyways, right? Like why do customer stories matter so much in B2B, particularly right now? Two words really come to mind. And I was thinking about this question when you asked that is trust and relationships and given like external factors in the world as, you know, as, as a, as a global body of humans, trust and relationships are so important. And Advocacy is really all about that. It's building trust. It's building relationships in multiple different ways to help an organization validate themselves, prove their product, develop really strong relationships and really healthy customers. So that that's why it's really important right now is because it, it's really all about that trust and relationship building. So true. And Andrew, I know you as head of sales and also your sales background, what else would you add, I guess, maybe even from from a sales perspective and and obviously trust and relationships, I mean, that that kind of dovetails really well with what you need to succeed in your role as well. Yeah, I think it kind of goes back to like the age old sales saying that that people like to buy from people. They like to buy people, buy from people or, or work with people who they have something in common with or that they just have a good relationship with or, you know, whatever that may be, you know, trust going back to Scott's word. And I think advocacy is is absolutely the exact same situation. You have a customer on board, you have a, an advocate or, or a soon-to-be advocate already kind of in your corner. And to build a relationship with them, to get to know them better, to understand their goals as an existing customer, it's so important because of the the long-term value of that. And whether it's a value on you know a spreadsheet in a form of a dollar. Or it's just a value of their personal goals that they want to help this company grow and then the company gets acquired, you know, wherever you want to, or however you want to define value. It's amazing that advocacy, I just see so many parallels between customer advocacy, customer marketing, and just the sales world. It's been exciting to, to utilize, you know, my background in sales and see that and, and kind of work hand in hand with, with customer marketers, customer advocacy professionals in this, in this space and support again, support their needs, their goals, and build that trust and relationships with them. In segue to, to Orca, tell me a little bit more, Scott, you know, what was the, the, the kind of the founding story of Orca? Why did you set out to build it? 
Yeah, totally. So I came up with the idea of building Orca, I don't know, five years ago or so, just kind of slowly chipped away at it. And it really started because my old organization that I worked for, they were just getting into customer advocacy. They kind of knew that they wanted to leverage their existing relationships, but they didn't really know how to do that within Salesforce itself. I come from a Salesforce background. I'm really familiar with the platform. So it felt like a really natural way to just kind of build it in that environment. You know, we went out and we saw a lot of legacy systems. There wasn't anyone new innovating in in the industry. And so it felt like a really great opportunity for me to say, hey, let's use this opportunity right now to build something that's that's pulling us out from like, you know, the early 2000s, and mid 2000s and into really like where the future of customer advocacy is. And so that's kind of why I started it. There was a lot of legacy systems. It felt like there wasn't anyone innovating in kind of listening, actually listening to the end user and listening to what our needs, our customers are now and building those. And that's that's what we started with. And and if you look at where we came from two and a half years ago to where we are now, like it's almost unrecognizable. It's like a, a remodeled home where they kept one wall. You know, the the foundation is mostly there. Like we're still doing the same principles and all that stuff, but we listen to our customers. We like to adapt and modify and, and listen to where the industry is going. And I think that that's at the core of what we like to do at Orca. And that's where it started. And that's where we're continuing to go. And just for context, for folks who maybe haven't heard about Orca, you know, what what is Orca, essentially, if you just explain it simply to another customer marketing and advocacy professional? Yeah, we're a Salesforce app exchange listing that integrates directly within your Salesforce to help you manage all of your customer advocates, whether that's references, referrals, case study management, review tracking. We have a bunch of different plugins that you can integrate with us, whether that's fulfilling rewards, whether that's managing points, communication and you know notifications through third-party systems like Slack. It's a foundational structure essentially for implementing a customer advocacy solution. And I love that it's available on the Salesforce app exchange, just, you know, 100% native. Yeah. What's the value of that? I guess, why was that so important to you guys for it to be 100% you know, native Salesforce app? Yeah. I mean, I think that the, the, the biggest point is data and security. I work with integrations all the time. It's really hard to nail down fluid integrations between third-party systems and your core CRM. There's API limits, there's GDPR laws, there's privacy information that you don't want to actually share. Having it be within your Salesforce instance means that we don't have access to any of that data. We live on top of your existing data model. We live on top of your existing sales processes. We're not another solution for sales reps, CS reps, marketing folks to go to another place and shift what they are already used to. We plug directly into existing workflows, existing data models as a value add. And so that's why building it directly on Salesforce was so important from day one. Yeah. And I'll even kind of uh, going back to kind of my position in the sales world. And I, I hear it all the time on sales calls. It's no secret. Sales reps are only going to do things that are easy for them to do or put more money in their pocket. So I talk a lot and, and I think there's a ton of value. It's, I mean, our components live directly on an opportunity page. So if a sales rep is going in to update an opportunity and they're like, oh, actually, you know, a reference call came up in our last meeting, 
or I would love to, to see if we have any video assets available that I could share with this prospect. It's available right there. It's a couple clicks. You say, okay, I want to, I want to potentially have a reference call. So let me make a request and see if it gets approved, or I want to share this asset that we have. And I want to track that and tie it to the opportunity. Getting back to my second point of sales reps are only going to do things that put more money in their pocket. Orc is also going to show the value of those interactions. You're going to be able to say, hey, yeah, I attached some sort of advocacy detail to whatever, 30% of my opportunities. And those opportunities closed at a 50% higher close rate. So, I mean, that's like a no-brainer. Going back to kind of the foundation of Orca and, and when I got involved with the organization or with Scott... He came to me and said, hey, I have this reference tool. All it does is references. It just makes it really easy. And I came from an industry that was huge on references. It was like everyone wanted them. There was really no way to quickly do it. And it was like, yeah, this is great. And going from just a reference tool to now encompassing all the world of advocacy, like I said, whether it's it's your world of, of videos, whether it's case study management, whether you're starting to get into referrals and, and more asset management. But the point being, being native is the simplest way to effectively introduce a tool to a sales team, to a marketing team, to a CS team with ease, access, and very, you know, fluid transition and adoption to a, to a new tool. Such a good point. And you mentioned, you know, references a couple of times. Why is it so important to track your reference utilization and have a really clean system for doing that? I can't tell you. I mean, I, I don't want to say 100% of my calls or 100% of my situations because that's never the case. But let's just say the overwhelming majority of them. When I talk about reference fatigue or overuse or burnout, I think those are kind of the three buzzwords that that are going around the world right now. It is like, yeah, that's a problem. Or yes, we don't have a way to manage that. Or yeah, I have a spreadsheet. I think it's accurate. We try to do stuff in email and Slack and you know maybe through some custom Salesforce fields. But it, it seems that that is a huge concern, more so than dollar attribution or more so than you know even having the perfect asset to share, making sure that your customers are not bothered or overused or, you know, the again, the term going back to the same well over and over again. I think is is so important and and we hear that time and time and time again and and not to kind of kick it back to Orca but that's something we we take a lot of pride in is tracking that and having that historical line of sight in no matter how big or small the ask is it's just important to to have real time information make sure the agreement you have with your your advocate is being upheld on their end and on your end but back to kind of more the, just the world of customer advocacy, I think respecting those boundaries, respecting your customers is only going to help the industry, the world of customer advocacy grow, which is going to help everybody. It's going to help businesses. It's going to help our world. It's going to help customer marketers, you know, fill in the blank on, on what that means. But again, going back to Scott's kind of beginning words, trust and respect and having, having a way to manage and support that is just is only going to add to that, that value. Yeah, it's it's relationship building with prospects, you know, building that relationship with new people, but then also investing into existing relationships, making sure that you can reward people and you can acknowledge what they've done for you is is really important too because that way you continue to invest in in your relationship with those existing customers. They're going to continue to invest into being better advocates for you. 
and being able to track references, just references, you know, that's what we started with is so important because it's just as a, it's a gap. You know, people can come on the renewal calls with, with Orca and say, Hey, Sam, thanks for doing 10 reference calls last year with us. Like, we really appreciate it. We're going to do this for you because your relationship with us in doing something so simple as that, it's valuable for the customer. It makes them feel warm. It feel, makes them feel better about their investment into you. Yeah, we had a, um, we had a, a customer, and this is probably a year ago, tells a story about why they, they invested heavily in their advocacy or customer marketing department, let's just call it. They got to a renewal with this customer. And they were like, okay, yeah, you know, this has been great. It's been a wonderful year. You're a great customer. Here's your renewal. This is your new price. We'll get, you know, build in a 5% discount because we know you were helping us out on some things. And the customer came back to them and had documented everything that they had done for the company. I mean, it was reference calls. They sat in on webinars. They hosted a luncheon. And they're like, actually, I want a 25% discount. And this is exactly why. And the company was like, okay, like they, they, they were like, we don't know what you did for us. We don't know the impact of it. So they were, their hands were basically tied and, you know, they walked themselves out of 20% of a deal. And it, you know, at the end of the day, would they have met somewhere in the middle? Probably. But, but it was just a really concrete story of, of a company that was like, yeah, we knew the value of advocacy, but we had no way to like reinforce or kind of have a backbone in this negotiation. And that's just a story that kind of stands out to me regularly when it comes to like, why do this stuff? What is the value? Why? And then kind of, you know, understanding the full customer lifecycle journey of of each stage of it, it can come in in handy. Yeah, it's such a telling story. And like, there's a lot, a lot of functional reasons why you would, you know, not want that to happen. But also it's just like, you never want to be in that position to not know, because that means like, you know, to the trust and respect. It's like, you can't even be thankful. Yeah, exactly. You know, you can't express your gratitude in the way that you might want to. Right. They come to the table and they say, Hey, we've actually done 10 times more what you said. And you're, and you're like, Oh, and then they're like, well, wait a second. Why did I do all this work? <laughs> and then they're like, Oh, well, we're really sorry here. So getting ahead of the curve there. And then folks, there's a lot of folks who don't even have the time to do all that, that counting for there. They're, they're just like, Oh, I got to do my call. Like I'm going to do it, hang up. And then I just kind of forget about it. Cause it was back in February and my renewals in October, but having that data in your CRM, in your Salesforce instance, readily available on the renewal is, is so impactful because it, it makes you, you know, think about what their entire investment into that relationship really is. It's so true. And I understand you guys are focused primarily on providing, you know, the tooling for people to run their, their advocacy programs. And, you know, you're not necessarily promising to provide the philosophy behind it, but I think a lot of the, the, the philosophy you shared so far has been really good. Is there any other points around just like, you know, what makes for an effective advocacy program or any sort of stories or tips that you, you know, perspective that you might want to share along those lines? What comes to mind is, you know, it's not that I think the philosophy is kind of a big word in it. I feel like it takes me back to like high school and college sitting in a classroom, but we pride ourselves in in kind of the foundation of Orca and, and what we do 
is providing a flexible tool to support an advocacy program. If someone comes to us and says, yeah, you know, I, I just got hired in a, as a customer marketer and I want to start a program and I've got some ideas and it's like, okay, great. You know, then we start to diagnose that and understand that. And we love providing best practices. We love providing our customer stories and connecting customers and prospects, right? We'd be crazy not to do that. We're in the industry. We love supporting folks with that. We love hearing ideas and building solutions overnight to wow people to say, wow, actually that's, you know, this is really flexible. This is really dynamic, but there's a difference of coming in and and having ideas, having some sort of foundation versus coming in just with nothing. And I think that's where kind of this world can get a little bit twisted because there, it is really important to do your homework and to have experience in this new and growing field and industry and rely on resources that are growing by the second. I mean, what comes to mind is is all the work and all the content that the team at Captivate Collective puts out. I mean, it's just, they have so many free resources that just help you understand like what it means to have a foundation of an advocacy program. You know, start in your spreadsheet, let, let's just get some things going or just Googling and news and job descriptions. I mean, there's so many, so many things out there. But yeah, where where we like to go and where we like to help programs grow is that next level. It's like, okay, yeah, we get it. We're not, you know, at stage one. We're we're maybe at stage one point five or stage two. And we wanna we wanna accelerate this. We wanna scale it with a foundation and a process in place. So I, I think that's kind of what comes to mind is there's so much out there. This podcast is a great resource, right? There's just chatting with people who do this every day is a great way to say, okay, what, what do I need to do? Or what do I need to, to open my eyes to? Maybe I have done this at other companies, but where am I falling short? And what, what assets are out there that can help me, help me strengthen my, my skill set? Yeah, that's that's such a good point. And I also love the the captivate resources and maybe we'll get that linked up in the show notes as well. It's it's uh, the captivatecollective.com. And yeah, the, the customer marketing and advocacy community as a whole, I think is just it's, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. Yeah, and 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 with that, it's something that Scott and I talk a lot about in in terms of not to kind of give you the roadmap for the future, but we talk about ways that that we can connect to that community and whether it's through partnerships or whether it's through just, you know, shared resources and shared conversations like we're doing. There are a lot of really bright, seasoned, new, you know, fill in the fill in the adjective there, folks in this industry all over the world, all over the United States, who work for tons and tons and tons of different organizations. Just being able to connect to those folks and build relationships, kind of going back to our theme here. There's a lot of value in that just as a professional, but also for us as, as a tool and a platform. You know, that's that's what we're looking to to do and then continue to to grow into and, and help other people with. Such a good point. And you mentioned earlier around, you know, kind of modeling attribution and or like return on investment from your reference program. And I, as I understand it, that's like one of the things that Orca can obviously like help you do very well within within Salesforce. Yeah, I guess independent of like the Orca specifically, or in addition to Orca specifically, like more broadly, how what have you seen for like ways to measure ROI? Is it like 
how much pipeline has been influenced? Is it like close rates when there's a certain you know reference or testimonial used? Like what are all some of the you know ways you're seeing your customers try to you know really get clear on the actual influence of these uh, either reference calls or maybe customer content and customer videos? Yeah, you know, I think that it's a huge gap that a lot of people see right off the bat. And it kind of goes back to the native Salesforce aspect too, where being directly in Salesforce, having all of those connections pretty much there, just enabling Orca to make those connections is really impactful. And it, it provides immediate visibility into how impactful an advocate program can be. And a lot of people, they see our analytics dashboards, that the templates that we can provide to them, and they say, wow, that is, I mean, it's pretty amazing that you guys can just like quickly add an opportunity to any kind of advocate interaction that folks have, whether it's to what you said, a reference call, a referral, a even you could relate them to just sharing a video testimonial or a case study and you could create an interaction, attach it to an opportunity and then provide that attribution provides a level of depth beyond the just how many how many interactions have they had in a given year to actually now come back and say, this is the ROI on our program is a visibility that We've when I first started, I didn't see that as a as a feature capability. So I'm, it's really exciting that we have that opportunity to provide that visibility for our customers. Yeah, and outside of that, I mean, more generally speaking, it, it goes back to understanding your customers and and understanding what they are. Let's just say willing to help you with as a company. If reference calls aren't a thing because of whatever reason in your business, that's fine. But maybe. Maybe a video testimonial would be. Maybe reviews are, and and a lot of times reviews need to be anonymous. Okay, fine. Like let's let's figure out a way to work with the customer, and then add some value to that. Maybe tying it to an opportunity isn't feasible. Okay, so can we gain metrics on just getting more customer engagement as a whole, getting them to do something for us, getting more members of a of a advisory board, getting more people engaged as advocates who are raising their own hands. I think it goes back to it's. It's meeting your customers where they're willing to be. Um, if, if they're not willing to do something, pushing the button over and over and over again, hoping that, that you can tie it to some metric and then get this crazy ROI number, it, you're just going to be banging your head against the wall. So um, I think it, it all kind of the age old answer. It all depends on the type of program you want to run. It depends on your customer base. It depends on your industry. It depends on a lot of things. But that's not to say you, you, you can't start somewhere and, and then work and grow and, again, better educate your customers on why reference calls are valuable or why you would be asking them for their time. And then having some more concrete closed one, closed wasp influence metrics that you can then report on on a broad scale. So moral of that story, I think it just depends on, on where, where your customers are and then the journey for your program that, that you want to start with and then grow into. Yeah, that, that makes a ton ton of sense. And all that being said, I love how with Orca and you can pretty cleanly see like, okay, what's my win rate of all opportunities? And or and what's my win rate if I actually had a reference involved, right? So that is yeah, I think like at, at a minimum, more people everyone should be should be hopefully, you know, measuring that, right? Because 
you know, whether it's like a reference or it's like with a, a customer video or a case study, it's like that's super valuable data to be able to say like, hey, like this is, you know, the normal sales situation. And then, you know, investing in more customer storytelling, more, you know, investing more in my reference program. This is the the impact that has. Yeah, it's it's just like your testimonial hero, right? You close deals faster. But let's put a face to it. Let's tell a story. A very clear, concise, high quality story, and let's share that, and and let's make it really easy to do that, right? That's it's a no brainer situation that that's going to help a sales cycle. It's going to help a, an opportunity. So, again, being able to to take that to beyond just one customer video, let's let's try to encapsulate all of advocacy and and try to try to understand the impact of these asks of our customers. I think it's. It's super, super important. <laughs> Definitely is. And, you know, I mean, I hate to harp on our system so much, but it just makes it so easy, you know? I, and that's that's why I just love I just love I just love it so much. But it's just it's like <laughs> it makes sense to just have everything flow super easily. And Sam, what you said, like have that differentiator between win rate with and without advocates. It's a question that customer advocate directors have all the time and they're like, I don't know how to get that. And to, for us to be able to just like simply say it is super powerful and super, it provides so much more validity to their jobs, to what they do, the programs that they're trying to implement at their program. And it helps them, you know, it helps, helps their team, their sales team, help them bring on more folks to help build their advocate program. So it, it's something that's really small, but makes a really big impact. hundred percent. And speaking of kind of making those asks to set up those reference calls or get participation in a case study or a customer video. Do you guys have any tips around like, how do I make the ask of the customer? So they say yes. Yeah, I I think it goes in line with a lot of what we were saying is is, is having that relationship with the customer. Sometimes those asks are very transactional and that's just the, the nature of the beast. Sometimes it's a contractual ask Sometimes it's it's part of a different kind of package, maybe being on a board or sometimes it's it, that's just part of it. But when that's not the case, engaging in different ways of educating your customer of, of why you're making the ask or what the goal of your advocacy program is or kind of what's in it for them, right? Everybody's selfish in a way and maybe they get some reward or maybe they get some whatever... But typically, it's always bigger than that, that, that people are willing to help other people because they have clarity on the situation. They know it's going to be easy. It's not this huge commitment. So that that's kind of what comes to mind. Like I said, sometimes it's transactional. It's just the way it is. But other times, just educating everyone on, on the why and having, having a why. You know, don't just ask to ask. Have a reason of why you're asking and make that clear and simple. And also make it make it enjoyable. Make it something that they enjoy doing. Getting to know your product or or having a line of sight into into your programs and your community and and be engaged because it's it's going to help everybody in the long run. Yeah, you know, I think I think that our best advocates are the ones that we share the most with. We invest spending every day talking to some of them every other week. It's building those relationships. And then when it's going out and making those asks and saying, hey, would you be willing to do this because it would make a difference for us here? 
and being really upfront and being very, hey, you know what? We would really appreciate it because it's going to help us really solidifies and validates, you know, like, hey, I, I, I really could use a favor in it. Instead of trying to beat around the bush and say, hey, could you be a reference for this person? Bringing them into your sales process and giving them as much information as you can really makes them feel included and makes them feel a part of helping you get close the deal and help someone else potentially in a situation that they were in come on board. So being open, bringing them in is part of advocacy, part of the relationships, part of the trust that I always say from the the beginning. It's so important and it's the best way that you can ask a reference, ask a referral, ask someone to do a case study for you. What does the future of customer storytelling and customer advocacy look like? And what are some of the biggest challenges as well as opportunities that, that you guys see? Well, Sam, since we're on with you, the future is video. Everything's video, right? We'll just go. Everybody needs to have video testimonials. We'll throw the plug in there for a testimonial hero. And uh, that's the end. <laughs> Perfect. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> that could be your plug. There's your promo. I just cut it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Scott, do you want to go? Sorry, I just I had to throw that in there. No, no, no. No, you know, I... I, you know, I'm not a fortune teller. I don't really know where it's going. I know that where it is right now is it's, it's from our perspective, it lives in a decentralized area. It lives in Sam, the sales rep's head, and then Andrew's sales rep's head, and they're not really collaborating. And the future of advocacy is how can we, as a sales unit, as a customer success unit, organize all of our folks and share them across all of our team. and continuing to build upon that, not just through a specific medium per se, like there's all kinds of ways that folks like to engage with content, like to interact with. Some people just like to text. Hey, could you text me over this? You know, some people just want a quick phone call as a confirmation. When you're hiring someone new, you just want a quick reference call to make sure like their old manager was good. Sometimes it is the video medium that you want to really convey that because with video, it's so powerful. I mean, YouTube, obviously, there's so much ways expressing the abilities and of what you can do with video. It it provides that another layer of depth that you wouldn't be able to. Plus, it's so scalable. But I think that the future is only going to get more and people are only going to invest more into this because finding quality individuals to work at a company is really hard, especially in sales. Sales folks are hard to come by. And advocates can act as your sales reps almost. Not I'm not trying to say like you're leveraging them or you're like gonna beat them into, you know, beat a horse or whatever. I'm more saying like they can provide another layer to the sales process when you're stuck in stage four and you're like, how can I get this deal across the finish line? And you're like, oh, I can use that advocate tool to to find a video testimonial and share it with him because I know that he really likes movies or he really likes to engage with videos. Boom, let me send that over to him. And then that enables your sales rep to move quicker in deals, not have things stall. And so the more people f- realize that, and, and it's, you know, we're, we're fighting Google Sheets here, to be completely honest. We're fighting Rolodexes. We're fighting some dude's billfold with a bunch of contact information <laughs> in there. Like that's, that's what we're fighting against, which is a good problem to have because once we showcase value in all of these solutions that we're building, the industry is just going to just leap forward in terms of how successful they are, how how to leverage this thing. And you know, you see it, you see it in the B two C world, right? 
Amazon Home Depot. When I go to Home Depot and I'm looking for a new door, I'm looking for the four-star door. Like I'm looking at the reviews. It's already there. It just isn't in that B2B world because folks still like those that their little pool of references and they don't want to share them or they would X, Y, or Z, or they're not aware of other ways that they can engage prospects because they're so used to an existing process. I was going to say, I mean, look how the B2C review or kind of feedback loop has grown, right? You get on Amazon, you use Home Depot, like who's going to buy the product that has four reviews versus the one that has 25,000 reviews. It's like, well, I don't even like, what are we even talking about here? And I, I think in review, I mean, that's a, that's a whole topic. And I, I think you've hosted other people talking specifically about reviews, but it, it's, it's a microcosm of it, right? It, look how that has grown in the last decade. I think B2B advocacy is following suit in the sense of it's going from the Rolodex to the Google Sheet, from the Google Sheet to an actual tool and an actual philosophy and an actual program. You know, I think that seems to be the evolution, but I see it moving to away from being transactional, moving away from, hey, will you do this and I'll give you this? Or, hey, do this and making it less transactional and, and making it more about, like Scott was talking about, the, the transparency of the why. And, and, you know, you used to get rewards for reviews, but now that's kind of going away in the B2C space because then it's like, well, then people were getting paid. And then it was like, well, is it true? Is it honest? Is it paid for? Is it not paid for? And now there are bots that leave reviews everywhere. It's just like all this garbage. So getting away from the garbage and getting towards like the valid, real, stuff involved in customer advocacy, I think is only supporting kind of the tech growth, the philosophy growth, and also just the willingness to to be a part of kind of the growth projection of it. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's a, honestly a perfect bow tie on everything that we've been talking about. Scott, Andrew, if people want to get in touch with you guys or learn more about Orca Force, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, it's probably uh, through me. I love chatting with people all day long. So our website is orcaforce.co. My name spelled incorrectly is A-N-D-R-U at orcaforce.co. LinkedIn is a great asset. I'm pretty much on there all the time. You can find us through our website, LinkedIn, my email address, like I said, Andrew, A-N-D-R-U at orcaforce.co. But would love to chat, would love to learn from you guys and uh, continue the conversation outside of this. Yeah. I also want to make myself available. I, Andrew's the people person. I'm obviously the tech guy. So feel free to reach out to me though too, Scott at workforce.co if you have any tech questions or stuff like that. But uh, I love talking that stuff. Awesome. Well, this was a blast, guys. Thanks for coming on uh, the State of Customer Storytelling Show. Thanks, Sam, for having us. Thanks so much for having us. This is awesome. Alrighty, folks. That was another fantastic episode of the State of Customer Storytelling. Some of a my favorite takeaways from that episode, just the, you know, the emphasis on like, why do customer stories matter? At the end of the day, trust in relationships and trust is the universal currency. It powers everything. And it's so, so essential to have that. And the ability to actually, you know, use tools like OrgaForce to Get a much more granular impact analysis on, you know, what you're, you're closing and, and do references and do customer videos affect that. Another thing we talked about was reference fatigue and just making sure 
to not overuse your references. So many other good takeaways in that episode. Definitely encourage you to check out Orca Force. We'll link them in the show notes and you know everything we discussed. I'm Sam Shepler, and thanks for listening to another episode of the State of Customer Storytelling. We'll see you in the next one.